Good morning, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up, even though the U.S. isn't directly involved in the fight between Russia and Ukraine, thousands of American troops are deployed in Eastern Europe, service members and their families who should not be forgotten this holiday. Also this morning, the Trojans have a rare weekend off before hitting the floor on Tuesday. We get a Findlay High School hoops preview as Coach's Corner host John Marshall speaks with assistant coach Ray Elvin. In honor of National Cookie Day this weekend, we have a collection of sweet treats for the season and even more yummy recipes from the indulgent side of Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, December 2nd, 2022. Tomorrow is the 30th anniversary of the text message. How about that? Something just about everybody does dozens, if not hundreds of times a day. We take it for granted now, but on December 3rd, 1992, text messaging was a novel idea. Uh, The brainchild of British software programmer, Neil Papworth sent the world's first text message from a computer to his colleague, Richard Jarvis, and it read simply, Merry Christmas. Mr. Papworth was working as a developer and test engineer to create a short message service or SMS uh, program. Um, So 30 years ago today, the first text message sent. I, I was surprised, actually, when I saw this and it said the first text message read Merry Christmas. I would have figured that the first text message would have been pick up a quart of milk on your way home. <laughs> Those are the ones that I always get. Hey, can you pick up a quart of milk on the way home? Can you pick up a loaf of bread? You know, um, the It was one year later that uh, cell phone maker Nokia, remember Nokia? Uh, they introduced an SMS feature with a distinctive beep to signal an incoming message uh, on our cell phone. And the rest, as they say, is history. So there you go. Uh, Happy anniversary to the text message. Big, big stuff this weekend. What will you do to celebrate? Uh, So if you are looking for a new job, this I thought was kind of interesting um, because, you know, I don't know, maybe you're, just a little bored with your current career path. If you're looking for a change, looking for something new, try this New York city Sanit the New York city sanitation department uh, is uh, looking to hire a director of rodent mitigation (laughs) after the city uh, reported that residents complaining about rats were up 71% resident complaints about rats up 71% between October of last year and October of this year, up 71% year over year. The mayor's office has announced plans to do something about it. Now rats, of course, no stranger to New York city, but uh, officials there are attempting to find solutions to curb the relentless rat population that continues to climb. And uh, this actually is a pretty good job uh, compensation-wise 
The new director of rodent mitigation will earn between $120,000 and $170,000 a year to help keep the rat population in check. Um, <laughs> the, the problem in New York City has gotten so bad that New Yorkers um, have taken to wearing T-shirts. There's this uh, T-shirt that's uh, become really popular. It's being sold all over New York City. Um, it quotes a comment from the city's sanitation commissioner at a press conference uh, when he said, the rats don't run this city, we do. <laughs> the rats don't run this city, we do. <clears throat> well, right now, the rats are winning, but uh, there you go. If you're looking for a new job, I just thought I would share. I thought that was going to be. The rats don't run this city, we do. Here's big news. Um, we always have to have something to worry about. Every day, each and every day, we got to have something to fear. It's not the rat population. Um, this is what we are afraid of today. Medical researchers in the UK have found that those self-service checkout aisles, those self-service checkout units at big box stores and so on, uh, are teeming with bacteria. The scientists tested uh, lots of items that we touch regularly, like door handles, computer keyboards, but they concluded that self-service checkouts at stores had more disease-carrying bacteria than any other surface that we touch. The scientists were especially shocked when they discovered a bacteria that comes from human feces to be especially prevalent at self-service checkout stations. Ew. Ugh. The experts are urging people to keep vigilant about washing their hands to avoid catching anything, or just don't use the uh, self-checkout. Wait the extra five, ten minutes to uh, go through the regular checkout line if you needed any more reason to do that. Oh, goodness. Uh, so there you go. That's what we're worried about today. That's the uh, latest thing that will kill us. We always have to have one of those stories. So make sure we get that obligatory story in there. Also, among the first things that you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, it says here, according to a new study, becoming a Buddhist could be the secret to avoiding depression and mental health issues. <laughs> Allow me to explain. Um, the study finds that those who follow the five precepts of Buddhism are less likely to develop depressive symptoms, even if they are, are under high levels of stress. If you have a high-stress career, uh, if there's something going on in your life, in your marriage, whatever, that is causing stress, this is the way to beat back those uh, stress levels. Researchers from Chiang Mai University say that people displaying high levels of both neuroticism and stress are at the greatest risk of developing depression and other mental health issues. However, their survey of more than 600 people found that those who strictly adhere to the fundamental system of ethics for Buddhists lowered their risk of experiencing depression. Now, the five precepts of Buddhism, don't you want to know what they are? Here's what it says. The five precepts of Buddhism instruct their followers not to kill, 
steal, engage in sexual misconduct, tell ill-intentioned lies, or use intoxicants. And I'm thinking to myself, that's pretty good advice whether you're a Buddhist or not, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> let's think about it. Do you really have to be a Buddhist to follow those those principles? Those are actually pretty good principles to live by. Don't kill people. Uh, don't steal. Don't engage in sexual misconduct. Don't tell ill-intentioned lies. And don't use intoxicants. Okay, the intoxicants part may be a little tough for some of us, especially on a Friday after work, but the other ones seem to be no-brainers. You know what I mean? You don't necessarily have to be uh, a Buddhist to... uh, And Buddhists are no saints either. This story off the uh, Newswire, apparently there are no monks left at a Buddhist temple in Thailand. No monks left. Not a single one after... (laughs) After they all failed a drug test. (laughs) Apparently, the monks were tested on Monday and uh, all tested positive for methamphetamine. (laughs) The uh, uh, monastic chief of the district reportedly has promised to send more monks to the temple. And uh, hopefully these will be better behaved monks. But anyway... The five precepts of Buddhism. Apparently that intoxicant thing is uh, tough for even the monks to follow. So don't feel so bad. that. And uh, lastly, among the first things you need to know this morning, a Christmas story here. This is big news. You remember the movie Elf came out in 2003. We were mentioning yesterday one of the most beloved Christmas, modern-day Christmas classics of all time, Will Ferrell and Elf, which introduced the world to Buddy, the human raised by Santa's elves. And you remember the scene of Buddy's traditional North Pole take on spaghetti. You remember this, right? Uh, Will Ferrell, as the character of Buddy, loaded a bowl of pasta with maple syrup, chocolate sauce, crumbled Pop-Tarts, and just about every other sweet item that you can think of, and then dug dug right in. It was actually really gross, but if I thought it was gross, but if that sounded appetizing to you, thanks to HelloFresh, the meal delivery company, you can now make North Pole spaghetti yourself. Starting on Monday... The company will offer as one of its shippable meal kits, Buddy the Elf Spaghetti, which which includes a package of pasta and everything else you will need to recreate the iconic dish. From sweet ingredients to a step-by-step recipe card, it says. Uh, The kit sells for $14.99 and is limited to two packages per order, while supplies last. So <laughs> there there you go. <laughs> you can order your own Buddy the Elf North Pole spaghetti from HelloFresh. It is sure to be a holiday tradition in your home. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly cloudy today, a high of 51, cloudy and windy tonight, a low of 43.
The Ohio House of Representatives has approved a bill that would create a felony offense for swatting, which is when somebody knowingly reports a false emergency that prompts a big police response. Supporters of the bill say such situations cause unnecessary panic, disruption, and expense and can end with innocent people being arrested or harmed. The legislation would make swatting at least a third-degree felony. The state public defender's office opposed the bill, arguing there's no need as penalties for false reporting of crimes already exist. Kate Burdett, ONN News. In November, a hoax call about an active shooter sent police to Liberty Benton High School, and the same thing happened in September at Finley High School. Get more on this swatting bill on the website. The city of Finley is inviting the community to the release of the draft Finley Forward Strategic Plan. Mayor Christina Mearns says the open house will be held on Monday at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. And if you can't make it there, there's still other ways to give the city your feedback. Once we have that event, we will then also, from December 6th to 15th, have the boards displayed at the municipal building on our ground floor. So if folks don't have time to stop on the 5th, they're able to stop the weeks following. And the mayor says you can also get involved by checking out the FinleyForwardPlan.com website. We have a link to it with this story on our website. Community markets via Fresh Encounter and their customers donated $100,000 to local food banks and mental health organizations earlier this week on Giving Tuesday. Customer donations combined with a donation from Fresh Encounter will be distributed among seven local food banks, including the West Ohio Food Bank. And other Finley and Hancock County organizations also receive donations. Get more on the website. The United Way of Hancock County's Senior Cheer Program is back for a third year, accepting your uplifting cards, notes, art, and small gifts designed to brighten the day for seniors living in local care facilities. Last year, the United Way delivered about 1,800 items of senior cheer to seven participating care facilities in the county. Get more details about how you can participate in the Senior Cheer Program on the website. I'm Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, of course, the ongoing war between Russia and Ukraine has been one of the biggest news stories of the year. But what you may not know is that more than 20,000 U.S. military service members have uh, been deployed or repositioned uh, to Eastern Europe or within Eastern Europe in response to the conflict. Recent morning consult survey from the USO found 62% of Americans are not knowledgeable about what our military is doing in the region. And we are joined by J.D. Crouch II. CEO and president of the United Service Organizations. You just returned from visiting those service members deployed in Eastern Europe. Tell us about that and, and some of the challenges uh, that they are facing there. Great. Thank, thanks, Chris. Yeah, I was up in uh, Latvia, in the Baltics, in Poland, uh, in the center, in Romania, in the south. And uh, our, our forces started deploying there in early February. Uh, the USO came in uh, with them. And we really were supporting them from the time they left here. A lot of the initial units went out of North Carolina uh, and elsewhere uh, into Poland. Uh, and when they got on the ground there, we were there for them. In fact, one of the first things uh, we did is they walk off, you know, hand them a hot sandwich or something. Uh, they realized, oh, good news, the USO's here, right? So uh, it's it's a challenging environment for them, Chris. They're 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 not deployed in the cities. They're up out in the country in very remote. Uh, austere conditions, They're just now moving into heated tents and things like that. Uh, so it is uh, 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 still a pretty uh, pretty rough deployment from that standpoint. 
And then finally, the holidays are always tough, right? Yeah. Because you're away away from home. Uh, obviously, with this being the holiday season, we often hear, especially over the past 20 years or so, we uh, talk about how important it is to support service members and their families who are separated from each other. And that's really the, the reason we bring this up, because even though the U.S. is not directly involved in this content, uh, in this conflict, we do have a presence uh, in that region, obviously, which we don't want to forget. No, that's right. Uh, and, you know, traditionally, Americans maybe have thought about Europe as being a place where service members would deploy into Western Europe with their families. And there were military schools there and things like that. These deployments are different. Uh, these are unaccompanied deployments that they're called, which means you're alone. Uh, your family can't visit you. Uh, you you're going to be on six-month rotations in and out of the country. And so uh, during this time of year in particular, uh, it is, it is, uh, you know, a really lonely time for them. And there's where the USO steps in. And, you know, we, we provide the holiday party. We provide the Thanksgiving dinner. We provide the way to connect back home on those important days. Otherwise, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, how the USO supports uh, service members, uh, not just uh, those who are deployed in Eastern Europe, uh, but also how the USO supports those families back home. Right. It, you know, obviously, if somebody's deployed overseas, they're separated. Those families typically are on military bases or around military bases, and that's where we have USO centers. Those centers will provide programming for those families, you know, Halloween parties, uh, Thanksgiving dinners, uh, uh, Christmas, you know, bring Santa in, wh whatever it is to lift the spirits of those families. We also have dedicated programs to help support the spouses that are left behind. Uh, these are usually mostly women, but now increasingly men also who are left behind, and they're invited in to form strong uh, community connections and, and to help, you know, help them get through this very difficult period. So uh, we're in almost every military community across the United States and indeed uh, around the world. So talk a little bit about how uh, people can support the USO again uh, during the holiday season. Uh, we hear the uh, familiar refrain to support uh, our military and our military families. How do we support the USO uh, who in turn then supports uh, those military members and their families? Well, I would point your, your listeners to our website, uh, uso.org forward slash support. Uh, there you can find a variety of ways in which you can support the USO. Obviously, we're a charity and we have to raise funds, but we also have take in-kind donations, particularly from companies that are helping to support us. And we have 20,000 volunteers, Chris, all around the world. And there are opportunities in your local community to volunteer as well. So go to uso.org forward slash support to find out how you can help our military this year. And again, as we mentioned, you were just recently in Eastern Europe speaking with a lot of those uh, deployed uh, military service members. Again, we think of this as a very different type of deployment than what we have been used to talking about over the past uh, many years uh, in the, the war on terror, for example. Number one, because it's a different part of the world, we think of it as a more developed part of the world. We're not directly involved in this con uh, conflict the way we were in Iraq and Afghanistan. What is the mindset of 
of those who are deployed in this part of the world as compared to uh, you know these past conflicts are the are the are the fears or the concerns are you know is the mindset the same or is it different as well? Yeah, you know it's a great question, Chris. Um, I, I I spent four Christmases in Afghanistan and Iraq when people were shooting at each other yeah. <laughs> at each other yeah. with, with the USO, and and it, it is a different mindset. On the one hand, it's great. Nobody is shooting at American service members in, in Poland or Romania, and we don't want to change that. But it, it actually, in some ways, is more challenging because when they are deployed into a combat zone, there's a much more of a sense of you know mission and purpose and esprit de corps. Uh, this is much more of a presence mission. You know, they're there to make sure that nothing bad happens. And so it's a little easier for that boredom to set in that sense of isolation to set in. And um, all the military commanders will tell you that, you know, a presence mission is the hardest one there is. You know, if you're deployed to Western Europe, you have your family. If you're deployed to Afghanistan, you know, or Iraq, you might have a fight. Here, you're there, it's austere, it's cold, it's damp. Yeah. It's not very fun, but there's also not as much going on, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it is a more challenging environment in some respects from a morale perspective. Again, uh, there are always Americans who are uh, volunteering to put themselves in harm's way to protect all of us and uh, really the entire world. We remember them this time of year. J.D. Crouch II, again, is CEO and president of the USO. Mention again the website where folks can learn more about what you are doing in the region and how we can help. Sure, Chris. Go to uso.org forward slash support. Thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Have a good holiday. For a handful of teams, it is championship weekend in high school football, but for schools around our area, we've already turned our attention to the basketball season. The uh, Trojans actually have a rare weekend off. I believe originally on the schedule they were to take on Toledo Central Catholic, but of course uh, Central Catholic was playing in the high school football championship last night, so uh, that game has been postponed. As a result, the uh, Trojans have the weekend off. They will next hit the floor on Tuesday. In case you missed it on the coach's corner this past week, Host John Marshall spoke with assistant coach Ray Elvin for a Findlay High School hoops preview of the early part of the season. You opened the season a week ago with a nail-biter topping uh, Springfield 54-51, a late three-pointer by Jake Bishop, the only one he made all night. <laughs> you always want to get the win. Yeah. But he, holding... did, he did shoot another one, though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, holding on after a late rally by the Devils, had to feel pretty good despite some uh, opening night missteps. Yeah, well, you know, we stayed ahead of the most of the game and, and, and down the stretch, it really wasn't anything we did except for maybe one bad shot, but we just missed missed shots and they're all seniors and they're pretty good basketball players and they took advantage and made clutch plays. Luke Weirau led the team with 19, Bishop with 17, Will Cordonier had 10 that night. Is that what you were expecting when you started to hit the floor in the state that you were in at that point? 
No, no. We Luke and uh, Jake had only practiced for two days. They just got <laughs> cleared on Monday, and they played on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, if this is later in the season, I'd say, you know, we're expecting big things out of those guys. But uh, I know they were exhausted and, and hardly came out of the game. But I had no idea uh, they would do that well and, and last. Uh, but secondly, with Luke, Luke had a cast on his uh, shooting hand uh, up until a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago. And, uh, yeah, that was only one of his injuries. But I was a friend. He shot the ball well in the summer. I, I did not know how well he was going to be able to shoot, if he could shoot as well ever again. But uh, he did. He, he played. He plays hard. He shot well and had a good game. I'm sure you saw some good and some bad as you watched the video. What did you take away from that first game? Well, I think what we took away was the fact that we, we played together and, and we played hard and, and we competed. And, you know, that's, that's a big thing against, uh, you know, athletes like that. We could keep in front of them defensively and made them shoot over us. You know, that helped. And we didn't turn the ball over. We had, you know, nine, ten turnovers somewhere in that range. We didn't turn it over much. Uh, they probably turned it over 15 or 16 times, something like that. But uh, we just played a solid, steady game and, and missed some shots at the end and gave them the opening and, son of a gun if they didn't make plays you were still dealing with some injuries that left you shorthanded for that oh, yeah. game another week has gone by better shape now as far as main power uh everybody was back we had nine of our ten guys we're not going to get javante hill uh, uh arguably uh, one of the best players in the league we won't get him back till december 20th uh so so minus him we're, we're banged up a little bit, but we're all at least back practicing. The Trojans hit the floor for another game uh, come Tuesday when you host Toledo Scott. They opened their schedule last night with a 43-42 loss to St. Francis. Right. What do you know about the Bulldogs? Uh, well, I was at Southview last night. Coach Rookie went to Scott. Uh, I've seen uh, a scrimmage tape on Scott. And, you know, really athletic. And, and uh, four of those guys played last year. Now, they lost their leading scorer and the city's leading scorer he went to start this year but they have uh, athletes and they're experienced it'll be much like uh, much like the Springfield game Finley boys assistant uh, Ray Albin thanks for coming out getting us up to speed on the team and you hit it next Tuesday and then away yeah. you go yeah. then we then we don't then yeah we we don't ease into it anymore so <laughs> thanks John Again, from the uh, Coach's Corner earlier this week, John Marshall speaking with Trojans assistant coach Ray Elbin at Finley High School Hoops Preview. The Trojans, with the weekend off, they will next uh, be in action on Tuesday. And, of course, all of those games right here on 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Uh, Meanwhile, around the rest of the area, our sister station, 100.5 WKXA, tonight will have Riverdale and Macomb in BVC action. other games include Van Buren at Liberty Benton. Arlington is at Arcadia. Van Lu, fresh off a win last night against Bucyrus, will uh, take on Corey Rawson uh, this evening. And uh, over on our other sister station, 106.3 The Fox, Ottawa Glandorf will host Bluffton. Uh, this evening so some of the uh, hoops action from around the area you can follow all of the area teams on the wfin scoreboard page powered by ScoreStream and presented by owens community college go to wfin.com slash scoreboard we also have the link up at goodmornings.net and of course catch the coach's corner every wednesday evening live from ralphie's here on wfin 
We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We've got a uh, good collection of broken news this morning. Sometimes you don't have to go very far to find the odd and unusual side of the headlines. Uh, Northeast of Cincinnati, a flurry of cash tied up traffic on Interstate 71 earlier this week as (laughs) bills were flying across the freeway about a half hour uh, northeast of Cincinnati. Happened Tuesday afternoon. The Ohio Department of Transportation posted video showing drivers pulling over to scoop up the cash. You hear about this happening, but did you ever expect it to happen? Where the money came from is a mystery. They also have not determined whether it's real or maybe it's counterfeit. Uh, Police dispatchers say they got reports of a backpack full of cash being thrown from a vehicle, but the Warren County Sheriff's Office has not received any reports of money missing from any businesses or individuals in the area. So (laughs) it is a big mystery as to where the money actually came from. Uh, That is crazy. Uh, Elsewhere in the broken news, this out of the windy city of Chicago, where Sandra uh, Kolalu, Sandra Kolalu, uh, is accused, she pleaded not guilty in court yesterday in connection to the death of Francis Walker earlier this year. Apparently, Mr. Walker was Ms. Kolalu's landlord, She stands accused of dismembering him. Prosecutors say the defendant's motive is that Mr. Walker gave her an an eviction notice, uh, which set her off. (laughs) An eviction notice. And she dismembered him. I can't imagine why he would have wanted her out of his apartment. I... I mean, she seems like a very stable, well-adjusted tenant. I can't imagine why in the world you you would want her out there. But, uh, man, (laughs) that's great. Talk about taking things to an extreme. Uh, This out of Mississippi, after arguing on and off all day over a game of golf, uh, one golfer, whose name is not given, had had enough and bit off the nose of his fellow golfer in the parking lot at the Hollywood Casino. (laughs) Apparently, an argument over a game of golf led to the man biting off the nose of the guy he was golfing with. The 51-year-old biter then sped away, but eventually turned, turned himself into the police where he was booked for a felony mayhem charge. As for the bitee, the nose of the victim has not been found. Wow. This guy, again, I don't have his name. He faces up to seven years in prison. That's a... <laughs> Channeling his inner Mike Tyson there. That's crazy. From the international file, the broken news, couple of men in Istanbul have been charged with burglary after stealing a police bag right after being discharged from police custody. (laughs) 
They had just been released from custody and decided the first thing they wanted to do with their newfound freedom was steal a police bag. A courthouse security camera caught the thieves helping themselves right after their court hearing. The uh, police were able to track down one of the theme, uh, thieves uh, who has been uh, lodged in the slammer. They're still on the lookout for the other one. So. <laughs> <clears throat> just just released from custody. What do you want to do now? Well, let's steal a police bag. That makes sense. Um, this is just all kinds of weird. Um, a webcam model, 27-year-old Lauren Hunter Damon, is on the mend after apparently, and I try and put this as delicately as possible. You see, Lauren is a uh, is famous for her homemade adult videos. Uh, she makes naughty videos and posts them online. And apparently, uh, she decided to use a particular pl- uh, prop in one of her videos. <laughs> uh, a nine millimeter handgun that she was using to. Uh, she was using as a uh, an adult toy, let's just say. A 9mm handgun. Uh, you know where this is going. She accidentally shot herself in, <laughs> in her nether regions while trying to film vid- uh, this video. Thankfully, some of her roommates were at home when the accident happened and they called 911. Uh, she was airlifted to a nearby hospital and has been released. She's going to be okay, believe it or not. Uh, police later found that uh, Ms. Damon had taken the gun from one of her roommates, uh, just happened to be the one that was home at the time and ended up calling uh, 911. The roommate said he heard the firearm go off and ran into her bedroom where she profusely apologized to him. <laughs> the handgun has been uh, collected as evidence. Um Police say it's unlikely the woman will face any charges. It was just a very bizarre accident. I'm sure she'll think twice before doing that again. And he'll probably want to clean the gun before going to the range the next time. You know, I mean, clean that one real good. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Wow, Uh, that's just all kinds of weird. Uh, if you are a cat owner, you know that uh, cats uh, like to bring home gifts. to their, If you have a cat that spends any time at all outside and you've ever had a, a mouse at your doorstep or whatever, your cat has brought you a gift, you know, big hunters that they are. Uh, this one in Wisconsin, this ambitious kitty, uh, really went above and beyond after dragging an alligator head back to its owner's house. An alligator head. Uh, photos online are going viral. Um, owner Wendy Weissenhugel tells Fox News the cat appeared to be very proud of himself. Uh, this whole thing happened last Sunday in Waukesha County, Wisconsin, uh, when the uh, cat dragged an object onto Wendy's lawn. She said at first she thought it was a big fish, but then after going to inspect the object, she was like, that's no fish. 
That's a gator. <laughs> a gator head. A house cat. Now, how does that happen? I don't know. That is an ambitious cat right there. And finally, from the uh, broken news file this morning, this is an awesome story. A Minneapolis father being hailed as a hero for his quick thinking, which saved probably saved his children's lives. The uh, man's car was stolen with his kids inside. He was carjacked. Uh, the Minneapolis Police Department said the father didn't let the bad guy get away. Basically, the thieves pulled up beside him, jumped into his car and took off with the kids inside. So he jumped into their car and gave chase. Uh, the man hit the gas and took off after him when he had the opportunity to stop the thief when he caught up to him. He didn't want to let the opportunity pass him by. So he rammed his own car, rear-ended his car, and forced it off the road. The suspect then bailed out and took off running. The children, thankfully, were not injured. Minneapolis police are investigating the incident and have turned over evidence to forensic scientists to track down the carjacker. But... Wow, what a story and what quick thinking uh, by the guy. Thank goodness the kids were okay and everybody is fine, but that's a crazy story. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced is halting all social media advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth using the media consumer's trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by WFIN. Okay, so now here is your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. And this is really interesting. You've heard the old saying, oh, if these walls could talk. You think about your home and all of the uh, things that have uh, happened, all of these stories and the experiences in your home. Oh, if these walls could talk. Well, maybe we should say, oh, if your furniture could talk. The average sofa... <laughs> This is, according to a study of 2,000 adults uh, that actually came uh, out of the United Kingdom. But I, I think this probably applies universally here. It says the average living room couch has been a part of 311 arguments, 316 drink spills, and 286 episodes of makeup sex. <laughs> Uh, on average, it says here, a sofa will stay in someone's home for eight years, being the location of 401 naps, playing host to 8,508 hours of TV time. They also found the typical couch suffers 65 scribbles from kids and sees men sleeping a total of 269 times after a fight with their significant other or a drunken night out. <laughs> Over the lifetime of your sofa, guys, you will sleep on it 269 times after a fight with your significant other or a drunken night out. 
after all of this, according to the survey, 92% of people say that they will always look to resell their furniture when they uh, no longer want it. <laughs> I'm not sure. Will someone want your furniture now, knowing uh, all of those things have happened on your uh, living room sofa? Well, did you know that Sunday is National Cookie Day? And because nothing goes together like cookies in the Christmas season, BuzzFeed senior writer and lifestyle expert Krista Torres is here to help us celebrate. So, Krista, I'm guessing you're going to be observing National Cookie Day with a weekend bake-a-thon or something like that? <laughs> yes, I have already started celebrating. I like to say the National Cookie Day is the unofficial kickoff to the holiday season, so I've got some of my favorite cookie brands here from Ferrero, and I am ready. <laughs> okay, so uh, lay this on us. How, what are some of your favorite ways to uh, sweeten the holidays with cookies? We mentioned nothing goes together like cookies in the Christmas season. Exactly, and I have got a fun idea this year if you're hosting a gathering or just getting together with friends and family because we've all heard of charcuterie boards, but have you ever heard of a cookie board? Mm. It is a super sweet, a fun way to get, get all your friends and family to try different types of cookies. And this year I have gone in with Keebler's Pecan Sandies, the EL Fudge Double Stuffed Cookies, as well as their classic Fudge Stripe. And then I also like to just add in a little fruit just to balance things out. It's a beautiful setup and people love this. That is uh, what an awesome idea. And really, you could go all kinds of different ways on that. Exactly. You could. There's so many different flavors and cookies you could incorporate into a cookie board. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, so my mind is kind of racing there. I love that idea. Uh, <laughs> you have some, uh, some tasty treats of your own. Uh, to share with us that we can share with our friends and family as well. Yes, so I always like to say that a really quick but really fun and delicious way that you can spend time with friends and family is just to make your favorite sugar cookie recipe, use Christmas cutouts, make fun, you know, shapes, festive shapes, top the cookies with some frosting, but then go in and complete them with a frosted mother's circus animal cookie. They're dipped in frosting. They have sprinkles. They add a pop of color. They are delicious. And these cookies are so good. Mm, that, is, that sounds like a, a great idea as well. Uh, what else can we do? What other ideas do we have here? Well, so if you're somebody who's going to be traveling this holiday season, you need to gift your host. And I have got the best gift. The, the Royal Dansk Danish Butter Cookies. This year, they have a limited edition winter collection tin. And like I said, it's available for a limited time, but they have really fun flavors this year. They have got um, a hot chocolate flavor, a caramel flavor, a brown sugar. And, you know, people just love those tins because after you eat the delicious cookies, you can use the tins to store whatever you want in them. So I always suggest them as a great little gift. Yeah, uh, use them over and over again. We've got a bunch of them around the house and uh, they are uh, super handy. And maybe put in your own cookies uh, after uh, after done eating the ones that, uh, the, that come with the tin. All kinds of ways to incorporate these sweet treats into the holiday season. What I love about this, it really just involves some out-of-the-box thinking, really. 
Yeah, speaking of out-of-the-box thinking, another way that you could kind of elevate the game this Christmas season if you're hosting a party or a gathering is to do a cookie and holiday drink pairing. I like to do hot chocolate with the famous Amos Belgian chocolate chip cookies. It's so good. You could also go in with some non-alcoholic eggnog, pair those with some Philippine coconut and white chocolate chip famous Amos cookies. Oh, it's so good. But if you want to hear more or learn more about all of these cookies and different ideas, you can go to ferreronorthamerica.com or visit any of these brands' social media websites. Yeah, again, that is uh, all kinds of awesome. Just really creative ways to... Uh, incorporate cookies and sweet treats into the holiday celebration um, just with a little imagination, a little out-of-the-box thinking. I love it. Sunday, again, National Cookie Day. BuzzFeed senior writer and lifestyle expert Krista Torres with us this morning. Krista, thanks very much for taking the time. Happy holidays. You too. Thank you. Once again, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio now. As we mentioned before, it is National Cookie Day yeah. this Sunday. <laughs> and of course, uh, this is uh, the time of year when you're making all sorts oh, of uh, holiday stuff. sweets yep. and treats. And yep. so we have a collection of recipes from the indulgent side of <laughs> Kyra's Kitchen. Yep. And uh, by the way, good to be back. It's been a couple yeah, of weeks since we've done weeks. The recipes. Vacation, uh, Thanksgiving. Y- vacation, Thanksgiving, right. Yep. Exactly. So yep. uh, uh, this, we figured we would do something uh, a little different, a little yeah. special, and uh, feature some uh, holiday sweet treats with yep. cookie day coming up and yep. this being the time of year and uh, all of that. So... We have first, uh, first and foremost, right out of the gate, a peanut butter chocolate chip cookie recipe. Yes. Mm. So, two and a half cups of all-purpose flour, a half a teaspoon of baking soda, a half a teaspoon of baking powder, a quarter teaspoon of salt, one cup of butter, room temperature, one cup of brown sugar, a half a cup of granulated sugar, one cup of creamy peanut butter, two eggs two tablespoons of vanilla extract, and one cup of chocolate chips. So mm-hmm. preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Prepare baking pans um, in a large bowl. Mix the flour, the baking soda, the baking powder, and the salt. And then in your mixer, cream together the butter, the sugar, all your sugars uh, until light and fluffy mm-hmm. um, for about three minutes or so. Um, then beat in the peanut butter until combined, scraping down the sides as needed. Uh, add your eggs and then your vanilla. Uh, uh, mix with the mixer on low for a little while. Then add your flour. Um, keep it on low. Add your flour. Um, and then as soon as you're able... Turn the mixer on high to combine everything all together. Okay. Okay. Then scrape down again uh, with your spatula. Uh, fold in your chocolate chips. Don't, I don't, I do not mix. Use yeah, my you don't mixer. just dump them in with no. the mixer running and yeah. fold those in. Yeah, I, I fold those in myself with the spatula. Then with a medium scoop, uh, make one inch balls. If you don't have a scoop, you can use your hands. Nobody, I, that's what I do. Um, and then place those on the um, cookie sheet about two inches apart. Um, then bake for about uh, 12 minutes or so. Um, I usually go about 10 Make and then just make sure they're golden brown. Mm-hmm. And then I take them out. I like mine a little chewy. Yeah. If you like yours crispy, keep them in there for 12. Okay. So whatever you like. Um, then uh, leave the baking, leave them on the baking sheet for about three minutes. Let them cool. Then transfer them to a cooling rack or 
or uh, if you've got wax paper or whatever. Yeah, whatever. So, so yeah. the uh, peanut butter chocolate chip cookies, you also yeah. have a recipe for peppermint snowball cookies. Yes, peppermint snowball cookies. So this is two cups of all-purpose flour, two teaspoons of cornstarch, one cup of butter softened, three cups of powdered sugar divided, one teaspoon of peppermint extract, a half a teaspoon of vanilla extract, one and a half cups of mini chocolate chips, five to six drops of hot pink gel food coloring okay. and a half, a half a cup of finely crushed peppermint candies. So mm. whisk together the flour and the cornstarch, set it aside. Then in a mixing bowl or a large, a uh, large mixing uh, or a large bowl, if you're using your uh, electric, uh, hand mixer. Mm-hmm. Uh, soften the butter for about 30 sec- seconds on medium high. Add one cup of powdered sugar. Beat for about one minute. Lower the mixer speed to medium low. Add in the peppermint and the van- vanilla extract. Set the mi- mixer speed to low and add in your flour mixture. Then mix just until the ingredients are well co- incorporated. Increase your speed to medium. Add the food coloring. Then um, Mix until your food coloring is completely uh, all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, add in your mini chocolate chips. Mix just until combined and well distributed. Cover the dough and chill in the refrigerator for about 10 minutes. Then preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Grease your cook- cookie sheets uh, using a cookie dough scoop or your hands. Make one-inch uh, cookie dough balls. Uh, roll the dough into balls and place it on your baking sheet. Again, about two inches. These aren't going to spread out as much. They're okay. going to stay more so like balls. Be, so they can yeah. be a little bit tighter. They can be a little bit tighter. Okay. Um, and then um, bake for 10 to 12 minutes. Um, add the eight remaining um, powdered sugar and your crushed peppermint candies um, to a, a bowl. And that's what you're then going to roll your baked cookies in after they've cooled a little bit. Okay. You're going to roll your baked cookies into that powdered sugar mixture and then let them cool completely. Wow. Mm, yes. Man, that is. It's, they're very good. It's a little bit good. more of a complex recipe, but it's they're really good. Yeah, they're really good. And uh, you know, perfect for the yes. uh, Christmas season. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you also have a uh, an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie recipe. Yes. And you made a note and this is on the uh, Facebook page, right. uh, that this one is perfect if you want to make the dough and then right. freeze it right. and then you know just bring out a little bit at a time. time. And, yep. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So if you're having multiple, if you want to make a big batch of it and you're having multiple um, family gatherings, you can just bake fresh cookies and take them, you know, and yeah. it doesn't take there as long. Yeah, there you go. So. Exactly. So you make the... Yeah, make the dough. Dough and yep. freeze it. and get it ready to go. So this is one cup butter softened two eggs, one cup granulated sugar, one cup brown sugar, one teaspoon vanilla, one teaspoon baking powder, one teaspoon baking soda, a half a teaspoon of salt, two cups of flour, two and a half cups of oatmeal, and six ounce uh, package of chocolate chips. So cream your butter, your sugar, your egg, and your vanilla. Uh, sift your dry ingredients. Add to the cream, uh, cream mixture. Add your oatmeal. Mix well. Stir in your chocolate chips. Roll into dough balls. And and if you want, you can bake it at three fifty for twelve minutes. But this Again, is a good one. You can you can go ahead and make your cookie dough balls. Okay. Put them on the cookie sheet. Put them in the freezer for about an hour, two hours. 
Um, then they're going to be frozen solid. Then you can put them in a sealed type package. You can put them in a Ziploc uh, bag okay. or a sealed type package. Store them in the freezer, and, and then, then you're when ready you get to get some out. Just get some out and put them on your them. baking sheet, yeah. and there bake you go. Bake them for 300, uh, 350 degrees for about 12 minutes. And there you go. So uh, some great cookie recipes for uh, Christmas cookies. And if you're doing a, uh, a baking, you know, uh, Sunday or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, you're yep. doing your, your baking day or yep. candy making day. Yep. You also have, and this is a bonus uh, recipe that's yes. really easy. Yes, really For easy. holiday haystacks. Yeah. And this is this one is of my favorites. One of I your favorites. Haystacks. We do it every year. I do. The holiday haystacks. Yep. So 10 ounce white almond bark, two cups of your uh, chow mein noodles and one cup of M&M's. So melt your white bark uh, in a large microwave-safe bowl for about 30-second intervals. Um, And then you want to get... I take it out, I mix it up, see how it is, and then I put it in for another um, uh, 30 seconds or 15 seconds, depending on... Yeah, just to get that all melted. to get it all melted. Then once it gets to a point where it seems like it's hot enough... Just keep mixing. It'll all melt. It's yeah. chocolate. It'll melt. Don't right. put it back in the microwave because then you, you don't take want a chance it. of burning it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then uh, be sure uh, uh, to read. That's one of the things, the directions on your melting. So stir in your uh, chow mein noodles. Um, and then if your chocolate is still a little hot, wait a, little, a few minutes before you add your M&Ms because then they'll start melting and you don't want that. Yeah. Then after it's all incorporated, place a spoonful of the mixture on your baking sheet. Just do little haystacks and chill and serve. Yeah, you don't want the you don't want the uh, chocolate to uh, cool completely right. because you're you're putting right. in the M and M's. You just right. don't want it so hot that it's going right. to melt the M and M's. Right, right. So then you have the M and M's. If you do that the way you're supposed to in the mic with the microwave, yeah, it should not be that hot. Okay. I mean, because you're mixing and mixing and mixing and mixing. Um, and then adding the chow mein noodles, and that cools it down also. Yeah, and again, uh, this is a non-bake thing. I mean, really, other than melting your chocolate, chocolate. uh, that's the only, you know, quote-unquote cooking that you do other than that. And it's yummy stuff. Yes. So there you go. Uh, The uh, recipes for all of the uh, cookie recipes, the peanut butter chocolate chip cookies, the peppermint snowball cookies, and the oatmeal chocolate chip cookies, which are great for freezing, uh, posted on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page, along with the holiday haystack recipe for your uh, Christmas treat baking this weekend. Maybe, again, Sunday, National Cookie Day. So there you go. Some holiday cookie recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Again, head to the the uh, Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page for all of that at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN. My wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. And that, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the program, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that you only live once, which may be why more people than ever are throwing caution to the wind with the adventurous trend of spontaneous travel. So until Monday morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.